Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's, it's my anniversary today also, by the way. I forgot to mention that. It's your anniversary? <laughs> are, you, are you not going out tonight? I can't get divorced over the stupid podcast. Although it'd be ironic to get divorced on my anniversary. I'm in this world and they made me Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wiener. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's rolling right. This episode is already uh, just a huge mess. That's a disaster. It's really a, it's disaster. Like, uh, no podcast has ever had. To, all right, let's. Okay, we had a guest on this episode. Well, hold, let's let's go even yeah. backwards. Okay, I had a client fly in from Spain mm. uh, without like significant advance warning, okay. and because they were from Spain and they're five hours ahead, uh, we had a meeting extraordinarily early this morning. So I had to wake up like at five thirty. Okay. What time was your meeting? Seven. Uh, yeah, I had. To, I, oh, it's a longer story. I had to drive into the city to give my wife the car so she could drive back. Nobody cares. Okay, yeah, I, I regret I regret asking. No. Yeah. I've been insanely busy all day. For the first time of the World Cup, other than sh- Saturdays, I did not watch any of the World Cup, yeah. basically. Even though, ironically, my meetings the entire morning were with football people related to uh, European football. and um, but we, So I didn't get to watch anything. But you know what? You didn't miss anything. It was a really bad day of soccer. The morning was bad, though? The, the afternoon was halluscious, as my dad would say, and the morning was, uh, yeah. the morning was not great. Yeah. So anyway, and then I've been extraordinarily busy at work. My the hot water heater in our house literally exploded this afternoon. So my wife is going nuts at me all day long. Um, I have to get home. I have to deal with mm. that. I have to get back to my office. But nevertheless, we uh, we had a guest, a, a football expert from England. I thought it was going uh, well. Also, I thought he was very good. A little. Yeah. The problem with the English guests is he they speak a little good. low, especially compared to us. Uh, but he was good. I liked. They're not. As I like the way a British person calls me Kiev. I, I like that sound. Yeah, and the problem the problem is that they tend to uh, suffer uh, <laughs> massive injuries while recording podcasts. So, w- without going into details, our, our guest had a family uh, emergency, a, uh, a medical a medical yeah. emergency during yeah. the podcast, and had to Left. run off. And 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 what a trooper he is, by the way. Uh, you know, one of the differences between football and other sports is when a guy gets injured. Okay, on the one hand, they'll flop and, and dive and pretend they're injured all the time when they're not. But when a guy is seriously injured, he'll you know because you can't come out of a game and come back mm. in a game. They will desperately, you know, he'll, he might sit on the side for a few minutes while the team is playing 10 on 11 for the, for the chance of coming back. And, and similarly, our guest, Simon, he, he emails us, he, or he says to us uh, what's happened and says it'll be a few minutes. And then he says it's a bit worse than I thought. It'd give me 20 minutes. And then he emails me to say, I'm off to the hospital. Let's continue later tonight. <laughs> yeah. So truly a heroic effort by him. I said, don't worry about our podcast. Uh, you know, uh, 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 recover uh, to your fullest extent. 
hopefully it's it's nothing too serious. Yeah. And uh, and I told him that when he, when England advances to the semifinals. Yeah, so back. he was a good guest. Hopefully we'll have him back on. There is a chance that some of the audio he was on will be salvaged and maybe you could squeeze it in in the middle there, but we'll see. Because uh, we had a long talk about yeah. just general soccer stuff in today's England match before uh, we got into predictions, which we'll do. But let's yeah, we had a solid half hour of World Cup conversation, which might be lost. I would assume is going to be lost, but who right? Knows? I mean, if he if he no, I mean he might save it. It might be on his computer, and, and maybe he could put it together. But also, we're kind of in a time crunch. He's probably got more important things to do now. We got to post this tonight yeah. or in the morning. Um, so yeah. all, so all this having been said, we're going to skip all the amazing conversation we had. Uh, maybe I'll be putting it back in here and post. Is there anything? Do you want to talk about Kawhi Leonard? Do you want to complain about anything else, or should we jump to the World Cup? I don't want to talk about Kawhi. Well, let's just can we complain about our families for five minutes and then talk about the World Cup. <laughs> sure, complain about your family. Go so, oh, well, we'll do, maybe we'll do a parent corner if you could think of a child, uh, a complaint about a child, or you could complain about like a spouse or a parent or an in law. Um, but so a couple things happened. First of all, I last week on Tuesday night I fell asleep on my phone. Do you ever fall asleep like literally on your phone? I mean, I, I go to sleep with my phone every right. night. So, you, do you fall, so you, every morning I wake up and it's somewhere yeah, yeah, in the it's covers. Yeah, it's in the covers. So, and I have a different problem, which is I can't fall asleep on my glasses because I can, I can physically break my glasses if I fall asleep with them. I should just have like a junky pair for bed, um, but I feel like that would hurt, hurt my eyes to like switch glasses. I don't know. Um, so I fell asleep on my phone, and when I woke up in the morning, it wasn't there, and I couldn't find it. And I, I sort of didn't – I'm not a big phone person, again, because I work from home, so I'm much more computer-based. But I had to leave a bunch of times. God forbid if I'm stuck in one of these five graduations I had to go to this month without a phone, I would jump off a bridge. Um, and I, I uh, couldn't find the phone through the weekend for about five days. And then one day my son, who's the, my one-year-old, just like comes out of his like toy box, his like blocks, and is carrying my phone. So he must have, like, because everyone gets up before me in this house, he must have, like, seen the phone, maybe it fell on the floor, taken it, put it in his stash, kept it there, and then, like, five days later, he's like, oh, I know, like, I'll have a phone. But there's no difference. First of all, the phone was dead. There's no difference between that phone and, like, his, his you know, junky, broken toy phones. Well, you know there's apps where you can find your phone. You're I knew where it was. Do I, you mean, the, like, the phone oh. beeps? Yeah, oh, I thought you didn't know where it was. I knew it was in my house. I knew it didn't leave the house. Yeah, but you didn't know. That's the point of the app. You go, are you wait? Am I really explaining this to you? In I didn't know that the phone beeps. I thought it like tells you where your your phone is. Oh my god! No, it starts making a loud beeping noise. You have multiple options. You can erase. But I don't have to sign up first for like find my phone first or no? Well, what kind of phone do you have? Do you have an Android or do you have an iPhone? An iPhone. Yeah, so an you just go, literally you go to findmyiphone.com or Google it. It's like iCloud. I mean, I didn't miss it. By the way, everyone should not have their phone for a week. I didn't miss anything. It was great. Yeah, that's what, pe- that's what people but say when they get kids. rid of their phones. I mean, we, we put away our phones for 25 hours a week, and it's a, it is very free. Yeah, we're used to it. I think if you are a very online person like myself, and you don't take a day each week off of Twitter and Facebook and everything, you're insane. Like, it's, it's so, you know, we do it because that's, like, what we do, but everyone should do that. It doesn't have to be the same day every week. You, you can't, like, be online 168 hours a week. It's insane. It, it's nice to go away. It's nice to, like, come back Saturday night and see, like, what insane thing did Trump do. And, like, once in a while there's no news, but then sometimes it's, like, you're, like, four news cycles behind yeah. already. Um, you, know what, you know what's crazy? It was just, like, two weeks ago when uh, Trump announced that, nu- that North Korea is no longer a nuclear threat. And we've moved, like, 75 scandals past that by now, you know. Uh, yeah, there's well, what, yeah, you have a hundred storylines a week. I, people who aren't on the internet and like only get their news, and and I guess people who get their news from like Fox News, they get sort of the same thing where it's like constantly 
there's almost no news if you watch TV news all day. So they have to like make stuff up and then repeat it a hundred yeah. times because it moves slower on TV. But if you're not a a a cable news watcher and b extremely online, I don't know how you like you're a million days behind. Like there's so many things we could mention, and they would be like, oh, but I've that's never probably healthier in some ways. Uh, uh, you know, oh yeah. much healthier. Those people are happy and have fulfilling lives. We're we're yeah. nightmares. Well, um, uh, well, okay. Yeah. W- uh, th- would you rather yeah. be be smart and an asshole or stupid and nice? <laughs> smart and an asshole for sure. Why? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, but I mean, that's the same thing. So these people walk around totally ignorant about what's going on in the world. Yeah, they're happy. They're happy because they're dumb. I mean, what if you're? But I might be stupid and asshole. I don't know. <laughs> well, that, like, yeah, that that's I, that's I, the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I'm nice. Am I nice? Uh, hashtag Kiva's nice. If I'm nice, do you think you're nice? <laughs> to who? I'm being serious. Do you think like it depends in which context? Like I'm a loudmouth, right? But you know, I'm a yeah. I don't. I have no idea if people would, here, would say here, I'm nice. Here's or my not. problem. So, so my wife, for example, constantly berates me how I'm the biggest pushover. <laughs> Wait, I just heard someone yell no oh. from my house. Well, so okay. So my wife constantly berates me that I'm the biggest pushover, that I'm such a pussy because I I sort of give in to everybody because I always want people like to. I'm obsessed with what other people think about me, and so I will always sort of mm. concede at the end, right? Yeah. I'll always work mm-hmm. like in my fantasy football league, for example, whenever there's a controversy, I hate controversies, you know, within my fantasy football league because it just causes stress. And I will like, bend, you know, I've screwed over my team many times in, in waivers, for example, because I didn't want there to be the slightest perception or whatever. And there's no question that I could have objectively not done what I've done. But it's like, you know, it's not even worth it. And so my wife is constantly telling me that she doesn't care about fantasy football, obviously. But in our in our real life, she's constantly telling me I'm a pushover and I'm letting all these people do these things. And why don't I, you know, grow a spine? But of course, when it comes to her, she doesn't think that, right? <laughs> Right. So no, she doesn't want you to fight back. Then. Yeah, yeah. So she, you know, she she thinks I, I, I. So you know, I don't know. Anyway, do you have any kids' things to complain about? Uh, I don't know. Oh, well, do you have any good ones about your kids? Your kids are older than mine. Well, I just ha- I I had that one about your kid losing I, your phone. Do you ever have? You know, my this is my not kid my, kids, my phone. But when I was a kid, apparently, my when I was eighteen months old, the like we had a fridge. The, obviously, no eighteen month old can open the door to a fridge. Oh no! My eighteen-month-old opens the door to our fridge. But okay, so you don't have a fridge like with our, like a it's heavy our big ma- problem. Like, uh, there's a lot of fridges where like an adult man can't open it in like the ten seconds after it's just been closed, right? Because it's like that hard mm-hmm. suction magnet, whatever it is. So we had one of those growing up, and so um, basically my parents lost one of my shoes, and they looked for it for months, and they never found it. So they bought me new shoes, and like a year or two later, they found it in like the crisper of our fridge. So basically, somehow the fridge must have been open, the crisper must have been open. I must have snuck there, shoved my shoe in there, closed well, the crisper. Did they not eat apples for yeah, a year? I don't really like how they not really notice? How, look, th- it's kind of weird. This is, I don't recall this. I'm not eating at the Chester house. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I guess nobody was That's going weird. into that pocket of the fridge. There's roll. just a shoe in the fridge, and no one knows. Like, well, it's a, it's an 18 month old kid's shoe, so it's very small, and you know it might have been buried under a I pile know, of apples. I know, but still, fridges were much smaller than two. Now every fridge is gigantic. Yeah, no, Back my, my, then, my parents had the same fridge for you know 40 years. It's big. Maybe I'm trying to think. Maybe there were lemons in that drawer. Because what else could there be that you wouldn't like clean it out completely every once in a while? Right. That's something that's not perishable. Doesn't make. Got to be lemons or potatoes is another option i guess no potatoes are perishable i think but they can last a long, they can last like months no they can't last months i don't think so yeah, I think just, potatoes just go chop bad. the eyes know. off they get a little mushy maybe but they're edible i think potatoes i really don't know anything about anything especially <laughs> food related but i'm pretty sure potatoes go bad if you have There's eaten a lot old of potato right, right now yeah <laughs> Who think we're complete morons? There are some real stupid people. Yeah. Um, so, oh, to answer your question, so I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm nice in the important ways, but very not nice in the unimportant mm. ways. If that makes sense. And I have no idea. So if I'm I'll nice like, or so not. like, I'll be sarcastic and I'll make fun of people. Do you think I'm nice? Well, Do you think I'm nice? Well, I think you're, maybe you're the same way. Like, I will make fun of people endlessly in WhatsApp groups, right? 
But then, yeah. like, if somebody needs something, and obviously I'm saying this about myself, but, you know, I think I come through more than probably just about anybody, which, again, is why my wife thinks I'm a pushover. I think... My wife thinks, like, I, I'm always doing favors. I think everyone would... I, I'll say the same thing, but I think most people think the same way about them, like, when the chips are down, that sort of thing. I think my issue is more... I'd, I, I, would, I would probably be, like, very promiscuous if I was a, a teenage girl. I think my issue is I'm sort of desperate to please... And so I don't know how to say no. There's other things like if somebody if somebody asks you to like help them move, most people look at you like, are you insane? And I like will always say yes to those things. And then I'm sort of wondering like, why am I saying yes to this? But I just sort of do. Uh huh. And then your wife's like, like, you, like, like I had to, I like in high school doesn't. I edited essays for like half my class, and I wasn't getting paid for anything like that for sure not. I would never, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I right. sort of. You know. The other, the other thing that happened tonight that bothered me was my my wife like very nicely at like eleven o'clock because she had a crazy day and I was working. Um, she made me dinner she made me like there's a couple sausages um and she she made me them and she basically made them like hot dogs she put them in these breads like buns but she put the condiment like the mustard the like the spicy mayo whatever under like on the bun before she put the meat in so you're just like putting a little bit on the bun but there's no that doesn't like make the meat the the actual like meat stuff taste any better made no sense are you, are you with me? Like, like it makes no sense to put the condiment on the bread completely. Not, not really. You're complaining about your wife making you food and not doing. Yeah, it complaining about her making me food, but doing it in, in an obviously like insane way, yeah. which is putting because it just gets rubbed in immediately to the bread and then it's gone. The condiment, like it goes on. You, you ever see like a picture in a magazine of a hot dog? There's like mustard on it. Yeah, or or a hamburger with ketchup. Like it doesn't go on the bun. That's insane. Yeah, well, I mean, but sandwiches you put it on the bread usually. The, the spreads so there is a difference well this the condiment is the thing then well, it's guess, like a well, peanut butter and jelly sandwich well, no, 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 the no, condiment no. If, is no, the if you're making a, no you're making a sandwich like a, a, a deli sandwich you'll put the mustard on the bread but not but not for a hot dog a deli sandwich yeah when you if you're making a, if, right when you well, do a hamburger, right because it's like the deli's thick so you're not putting it in the middle right Maybe that's why a hot dog is not a sandwich. Maybe that's why a hot dog True. is not a sandwich. True, yeah. Oh, that might be why a hot dog is yeah. not a sandwich. That's pretty good. Yeah, because no one would ever put the mustard on the, the bun, but for a, for a hamburger or a sandwich, you for sure put the mustard on the bun. So, yeah, that could be the case. Mm-hmm. All right, Akiva. So, to get to the final 16 teams in the 2018 World Cup, we're not bringing back Harold, our excellent guest for the group stage. Because we had some feedback that said, uh, why do you have a bloody yank as your quote-unquote soccer expert? So we decided to go across the pond and find somebody who roots for a team that is actually in this tournament and is still in this tournament uh, after today's games. Today's matches, I should say. Our guest today is Simon Stern. Simon, I don't know if you remember, but uh, the very first time we met, what was the very first thing you said to me? I asked you if you were, in fact, Michael Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's more or less what happened. I got onto a bus... The first people on the bus were, I think, Yoni and you. And you said to me, do you know who Michael Owen is? And I said no. <laughs> you were the spitting image of a very handsome footballer who was at the peak of his powers those years that we met. Yeah. And then, no, but then it got worse. because So then you said to me, do you know any English soccer p- football players? And I said, well, I think David Beckham, he's married <laughs> to one of the Spice Girls, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our relationship only, only got better after that, I think. Yeah, so that was the extent of my knowledge at the time. But then, like, two weeks later, uh, Michael Owen and the English uh, team visit Germany for a friendly, and he, he has uh, three goals on German soil. And so I became uh, an English football fan after that. And that was one of the uh, highlights of the history of the English national team until this very day, actually. Hopefully yeah. <laughs> to be outdone by this summer, but well, all, all will be revealed in due course. 
Yeah, so let's start with the English team. So we are recording uh, just after the final match, uh, two matches of the group stage finished. And you have this really curious situation where England was playing Belgium. They both knew they were going through. The question was who was going to be uh, the one seed and who was going to be the two seed. And there was actually sort of a perverse incentive, I think, and tell me if you disagree, to lose that match because the loser is on the right side of the bracket where the only sort of top team in the world really is Spain. And the winner has to b battle with, you know, Brazil, France, Portugal, Uruguay, Argentina. So, you know, are you happy or are you sad that uh, you lost this match today? Watching, watching the game keenly, it was, uh, I was rooting for us to win. You know, me and the rest of the nation, I felt, came around to that. But post the event itself, I don't think we can be too disheartened. We didn't send out our strongest team. And there are positives to be gained from, as you quite rightly said, being in the ostensibly easier side of the group. Well, playing devil's advocate, Simon, I mean, you, you have a, a much harder game against Colombia coming up. You do have an extra day's rest, but the Colombia matchup, just, you know, the Nate Silver site gives you guys a 60% chance of winning that game, which to me seems pretty high. But your alternative was the only truly weak side in the whole 16. I mean, Japan has no business being in this, you know, around in the tournament and only made it because, you know, they got to play an entire match against the team with 10 players because Colombia got a, a third minute red card. But Japan would have been an automatic freebie to the quarterfinals. And then we're talking about, would you rather play Brazil or Switzerland? And, you know, assume you get past Colombia. Uh, to me, I'd rather play I'd rather play Japan and then Brazil than Colombia and Switzerland because Brazil and Switzerland played each other. And it was an even game. It was 1-1. This is not a great Brazil team. Right. You know, they are still favorites to win it with, the, with most of the bookmakers. So I'd, I'd say that with caution. Brazil also traditionally start tournaments slowly and then um, click into gear. Well, they've never they've never lost a group stage. They don't start that slowly. No, in terms of their performance, you're saying it's not a yeah. great Brazil team. Right. I'm saying they're, they're, they're ominously warming up. But even coming in, nobody was really. They were one of the five big favorites, but right. But nobody was really talking about Brazil winning this tournament. I think they were they were actually joint favorites with Germany. They were right. I mean, they were the odds were very similar between them, Germany, yeah. Spain. Yeah. And then Argent Argentina and France were basically right there, too. But hold on. So l let me take a step back. Before the tournament yeah. started, Simon, and before you sort of saw uh, what, what your matchup was in, in, in the bracket stage, what was the goal? Like, what would you have been satisfied with this year for the English side? Can, can I paint the picture of where we're up to to, to give some context to this? I yeah, think sure. it would be really, really useful to do that. Yes. This country is obsessed with football. Everywhere you go, every interaction you have, it's the common language between people who speak English, people who don't speak English, everybody, man, woman, child, relates through football. Supermarkets have sold out of beer around games, the streets are deserted, cars flying flags. The whole country comes to a stop every time a World Cup comes around. And it's incredible. Putting this in context with England's performance, we've only won two knockout games since 1990. So in 28 years, we've beaten Ecuador and Denmark, and that is it after the group stages. So as obsessed as we are, our history is pretty poor for our performance. So going back to what um, Keeve was saying about being given almost a free ride with Japan, that definitely is more attractive. However, we have a tendency of getting ahead of ourselves all the time and being drawn within a group where, in, in a knockout match against Colombia, with then playing the winners of Sweden and Switzerland means with two games away from a possible World Cup semi-final, and if you were to give us that at the beginning of the tournament, we would have been euphoric. So, pr pr prior to the tournament, Chester, as I as I'd say, our hopes were not high. 
But given the situation, how things have panned out, it's an absolutely amazing result. And let me ask you another question. Who would you say is the is England is England's biggest rival in terms of international football? In what in this in this tournament or in general? No, no, no. I just in general. Like, which team do you hate the most? Is it Germany? Is it France? It would always be Germany. Tonight, if you listen carefully, the England fans spent most of the game singing Alfiedersen, Alfiedersen, again between <laughs> England and Belgium. You know, a lot of our songs are about two world wars and one World Cup. That is a, a, yeah. a staple of the English songs. Um, so, you know, Germany from historically politically, I think now, you know, there's been a softening of that attitude. But those are seen, Germany and Argentina are our biggest rivals. An interesting Argentina because of the Falklands? Well, because of the Falklands, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that uh, you might be going to war with the United States soon, as will the rest of the world. So <laughs> I was going to say, we'll be joined with uh, 198 other countries, I think. But our soccer team isn't good enough to be relevant. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're, we're rooting for our close ally, Moscow, uh, Russia, to uh, win this tournament, of course. So then where, where would you rank? And, you know, Akiva and I are both fans of American football teams who have never won a Super Bowl. And unfortunately, each of our team's biggest rivals have won multiple Super Bowls. And so we often... No, my, my team has won one. It was just 15 years before I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in the last 40 years. Um, Akiva, yeah. I thought that doesn't count. That's another argument we've had. But <laughs> It doesn't count to me, yeah. but I just okay. fact-checking. All right. Um, and so, unfortunately, the primary way in which we've expressed our fandom has been, to use a German word, schadenfreude, at, at the rare suffering of our of our enemies and the Patriots and the Packers right. and, and you know the Giants and some of the other teams we hate. So, Simon, where would you rank... Uh, Germany's shocking loss to Korea and its early exit in this tournament in like your greatest football moments as a fan for the last 30 years? No, I think, uh, you know, given the fact that um, we have got nothing to crow about ourselves, you know, I think it's a fleeting moment of joy, but nothing really to, to, to linger. It's not really affected our chances in the tournament. And actually, we've got to get on with trying to crack on and actually bring some, some joy to this nation, which is just run by the beautiful game. And so I think in the great scheme of things, it really doesn't make much of a difference. It's just one team. But with regards to the football world, this is the biggest shock that could have happened in the World Cup because Germany haven't been knocked out of this stage for 80 years. Yeah. Although, uh, to be fair, they did not appear in one tournament uh, for uh, <laughs> off-the-pitch reasons. I, I appreciate, I appreciate your, 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 the fact that you're a stickler for the fact. So that's really, really good to see. Um, but yeah, all, all the tournaments in the last 80 years, they've, they've never been knocked out of this stage. Yeah. Well, uh, in our original World Cup preview podcast, uh, my job was to tell the listeners who they should be rooting for from like a uh, socio-political standpoint. And who did, you, who did you conclude? Panama. We had Iceland and Nigeria, two teams that are out. Right. What about Panama? I thought they're quite close to you. Pretty harmless. Well, we knew that we knew that Panama was stink, so we didn't have we didn't have much uh, hope for Panama. We you know we saw the U.S. beat them four nil in a uh, in a meaningful game. So how good could they be? Yeah, but they've got nice hats. They've got nice hats. And they, yeah, they have nice. I mean, I don't I actually don't like their their uh, their kits, Panama. But uh, they were lousy. I mean, they were the tuna. No, not one person on earth watched that game today outside of Panama and Tunisia. Tunisia destroyed Panama today. That game was two one, but there was an own goal. Panama stinks. Yeah, that's true. Actually, let me, Simon, let me ask you one more question. With the exception, obviously, of when England's playing, especially when England's playing simultaneous to a game that has no impact, when there were two games simultaneously throughout the rest of the, uh, the third games over the past week, how did it work in England? Were they each on different channels? Was there a way to watch them both side by side simultaneously? They, they were on different channels. The same station which shows them would show them on, on different channels. But they, every game is... I actually watched the whole World Cup on British TV through a VPN. Which, so they would switch off between B, 
Well, BBC or ITV. Although I didn't have the I, I didn't have the ITV hookup. I I, I did uh, Fox Sports for the uh, for the ITV games. The the British announcers are obviously better than the American announcers, but the British announcers are are absolutely horrified at the idea of having to do basic math to figure out who is in what spot, who might be in what spot at the end of uh, the group stage. The sheer look of terror in their eyes when they have to discuss who finishes where is almost worth watching well, the be, uh, show. American sports for. is so statistic-based. British people are better at math than Americans, <laughs> I think, but American sports lives and dies lives and dies with statistics, whereas British sports doesn't at all. Uh, um, and, in, and interestingly, we're the country which, you know, spends a lot of money betting on sporting results. We've got the biggest gambling firms yes. in the world, and so people should be, you know, more stats-based. You're quite right. Well, one thing I actually love about the World Cup, at least, uh, you know, the way it was being shown in this country, is how they show the standings during the games as if the, the, the results of that game stays, which means literally one minute into the game, they show the standings, uh, assuming this game's going to be a uh, nil-nil draw. That's useful for the viewer, though. Yeah, no, I like it. It's, it's, I love it. It's very funny. It's useful if you know, and, and yeah. it, it, adds, it adds to the excitement. The live scoreboard. I don't know if you guys have focused on this, but um, and it's probably quite common in American sports, but this World Cup has been a revelation for the use of the VAR, yeah. so yeah. the video refereeing system. Have you have you focused on that in your podcast before? Well, no, no, we haven't focused on our podcast, but we, uh, you know, it's definitely been a, a big success. Uh, you know, American sports are are you know heavily used. You're you're not a fan of any American sport, it sounds like, right? Not, not particularly. I mean, I watched the Super Bowl. Okay, so they 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 heavily use VR. I do think the next step is to take stoppage time out of the referees' hands. There was a great article again by Nate yeah. Silversight today, which showed like they counted the stoppage time for every single match, and every single match has at least like eleven minutes of stoppage time. Also, you knew when Germany was losing to Korea, you knew that like i nothing would have surprised you with stoppage time if the referee had said 30 <laughs> minutes you wouldn't have blinked <laughs> and he said he said 6 and it ended up being uh, like 9 it was yeah but then a goal was like, scored I during it the, yeah i mean well, look the, yeah Akiva, a goal was this scored. is a classic example of the american proclivity to pay attention to the to football once every 4 years and immediately start having opinions i watched i listen but we didn't say first of all simon t- said off air he is a manchester united fan in case people were wondering uh you know if they have to shut it off cuz we had a gunner fan on uh Last time, Simon. I don't know if you know, but since birth, I'm a New- Newcastle Magpies fan. So, you know, you're, uh, you're we got some football royalty here. <laughs> okay, you probably shouldn't say it's Newcastle Magpies because that probably shows you know your your background. It'll be Newcastle United, or you're a fan of the Magpies. Probably not a Newcastle Magpies. Just to... well, it's listen. I got to speak to our our listeners who might not know who I'm but, talking but, about. You know, you know, you, you've Magpies. actually come across me as quite a rare entity because. Most Manchester United fans live in, in Thailand or in you know somewhere in, in Africa. And actually, I'm a Manchester United fan born in Manchester, uh, grown up in Manchester, and you know spent my you know summer holidays watching the team train. So uh, I'm quite a, a rarity, um, but I'm also used to a bit of enjoyment from my football. And watching England has just been a miserable contrast. So I'm hopeful that this uh, this this World Cup will will provide something different. Yeah. So so just the use of VR. It's very interesting because it's it's. I think it's quite congruous with the whole celebritization and reality TV stuff in society. Um, you know, football has been a very traditional sport, and now we've now got this video referee. Everyone at home is watching it. Um, everyone runs to the side of the pitch. The referees watch it. Four guys in a room get together. People have got their opinions about it, and then he blows the whistle, points on the pitch, and makes a TV shape, and then decides. It's, it's added a whole level of 
excitement which had had not existed previously it takes away from the sport but uh, if you watch the south korea game yesterday yeah. they celebrated their goal against germany there's, twice they there's three the moments of drama celebrated I agree. Like crazy. Yeah. yes the reference of ar yeah. and then they celebrate like crazy again so it's just the most amazing release of endorphins and adrenaline that these fans get from this var it's incredible yeah yeah i mean it's here to stay i think people generally think it's been good uh, obviously, they'll they'll fix the the, the kinks. And the problem was with the England Panama route. Uh, there was there was so many uh, VAR checks. The ball was in play for like eight minutes the whole game. Yeah. It was just yeah, goal. It was goal VAR goal four minute goal celebration. There was no football played the entire England Panama game, other than seven goals. And unfortunately, that that reminded me of of the NFL, the stop start nature of the game, which is a big. It was a ve- it was very much like an NFL game. It was very much like an NFL exactly, game, which is a big criticism of the NFL in England. Is it so stop start and, it, and football is more of a flow, um, which is an interesting analogy. Let me uh, Simon. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's any realistic way in the next, okay. let's say, ten Go years? whether uh, internationally with FIFA or maybe even at the national level, whether it's the, the Premier League or, or La Liga or any other national league, where they might go to a formal clock system where you have a 90-minute clock that starts and stops when there's penalties and when there's goal celebrations and things like that so that it's exactly 90 minutes and not a referee randomly assigning a certain number of minutes at the end of a game. Definitely not because the okay. average time that the ball is in play is about 60 minutes per game. So games will be lasting about th- three hours, three and a half hours to get <laughs> minutes played. And that, Well, that's where we're used to in America, where baseball and football games each take well over three hours, even though on the clock there's only 60 minutes in football, and, and in baseball there's not a clock. But, no, and then my no other chance. question for you is, is there any way to solve the issue in the World Cup, where, which is essentially the teams may have incentive to lose, as we talked about earlier, you know, at the very least, I think what they could do is the same way they make all four teams in a group play their third match together. They might have the four teams in the other group that'll be matched up with it. So, for example, that way England and and um, Belgium would not have known who was playing Japan, who was playing Colombia, or if they were playing, you know, uh, Poland or, or you know who else might advance from that group. I think that's a great solution. Sen- Senegal. I think FIFA understands um, the nature and the economic um, possibilities of. The football and the number of games they show having four games simultaneously means people will not be able to choose what to watch or how to yeah. watch and you'll sort of lose a lot of viewers they'll be split between the four games yeah no so that's the challenge now here's my idea as an american uh coming in from nowhere and this is a thing i wish all american sports would do as well which is i want the teams to pick which means you have all 16 teams set the eight number one seeds the eight number two seeds and the eight number one seeds in order from from one through eight based on you know how many points they scored their goals if you have to do as a tiebreaker you know cards fair play whatever they get to pick so in other words the best of the one seeds might be who was it Croatia or whoever it was well you can't do it you'd have teams on one day's notice Chester you'd have teams to play with one with one day off you can't do it well they they could they could build a few they could build a few more days into the calendar well they right? literally can't they're not willing to. They just killed your idea. On what do you? Why? Why does the World Cup have to take three weeks? Why can't it take? They're four weeks? they're adding sixteen teams. They're not even adding days, Chester. No, it can't take. It can't take any longer because 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 the the the, the football season, the the, yeah. the home football season, the Premier League starts. The preseason training starts about ten days after the World Cup finishes. Yeah, the world the World Cup doesn't call the shots, Chester. Well, so hold on, but but Akiva, but Akiva, that answers my question. That that's yet another incentive. Why, if England, for example, and Belgium knew that the loser, not only do they not get to pick their opponent, but they might be at risk of having to play on one or two days rest when they'll be exhausted. One day rest isn't isn't even. But they would have been playing like crazy. Think how think how much more exciting the England Belgium game would have yeah, been. One day's rest doesn't happen. No, 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 no. 
No, today today we are chatting now on on uh, Thursday evening. Belgium will now be playing on Monday, and England will be playing on Tuesday. And one of the things said to the manager at Gareth Southgate straight after the game was, "You must be happy now. You've got an extra day to prepare for the game." And that was exactly the point. That an extra day makes all the difference to these players in terms of recovery. However, we both rested our first team, so they'll be well rested anyway. So it's a bit, it's a moot point in this case. Yeah. Well, no, I I agree that rest matters. That's why you want to be a one seed because the one seed gets to pick their rest. And, and, and the two seed, you know, that, that's... Yeah, but then you can have collusion between teams and, I don't know, I think it's better if it's all uh, standardized rather than... I don't know if... we Simon and I discussed this before the podcast, but Japan was basically disgraceful today and didn't even try and advance the ball the last five minutes yeah. and Poland was fine with that because they were already eliminated and they were winning that game. So they, who cares if they win one nothing or 2 nothing? Uh In the Olympics, uh, two Olympics ago, they, uh, yeah. they disqualified a lot of players for tanking on purpose. In- for uh, for that yeah. very reason, a bunch of badminton players who tried to lose to get a better matchup. But, but, uh, it's funny that like I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if FIFA wrote in some kind of rule saying like you have to at least pretend like they could have at least gotten yellow cards, which at that point would have really mattered because they were only yeah. two yellow cards up on on Senegal. And I really wish Senegal also made it. Japan was so lousy. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you saw you saw tonight, Kiva. Kiva. I actually actually think it, it, the, the the issue actually it, it, I think it's the opposite. I think most teams can't go out generally won't go out not to win and england and belgium both mm. before yeah. the game would have wanted to come second and they both went for it they both really went for it during the game there was no 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 holding back from the players on the pitch so you know even in a situation where it would have been yeah. more beneficial to lose they both went to win so i think generally their um desire to win normally shows through. but ima- but imagine a scenario so i think actually belgium who won all three matches, has nine points, has, I think, plus seven goal differential. I think they probably are, would be the highest-ranked team yeah. under my system. So imagine they get to handpick of all the eight losers. They get to pick – well, they probably pick yeah. Japan, who they're playing anyway. <laughs> yes, they literally would have picked the same team. <laughs> yeah. Japan is 150-1 so, yeah, so in a 16-team tournament right now. Yeah. That's not great. Well, Russia is also garbage, but of course, but but Putin has the referees in his pocket. So. But remember, 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 Portugal won the won the European Championships and they were seventh favorite. Leicester City in England won the Premier League in 2016. They were they were they they were I think 2,000 to one to win at the beginning of the season, which is way way. way yeah, but no, Japan, Leicester Leicester City and and Greece and Greece won the European Championships yeah. in 2000. Yeah, but that's not four games. It's easier to win four games than 38. Right, I think I, I. Well, I'll say I think fifteen teams in theory have like a point eight or better percent chance of winning, but not Japan. Japan stinks. Yeah. All right. So on that note, uh, why don't we do Simon? Uh, you've ranked the sixteen teams remaining from one to sixteen. So why don't you uh, let us know uh, how, how you rank those teams? Well, let's do then, let's do the bracket, we'll do and then you'll say like yeah, when we'll it's Uruguay it Portugal, you'll tell us you'll tell yeah, us what exactly. number this is, and we could argue. All right, with so you. we're gonna we're gonna start. Um, are, are we doing this by the calendar? Are we doing this sort of when you're looking at a bracket? Look yes, at a bracket. Absolutely. Do it by uh, bracket. Okay. All right. So in the upper left, which will be uh, one of the first two games on Saturday, uh, Uruguay against Portugal. So Simon, of the sixteen teams, where would you rank these two teams? So of the sixteen teams that have ranked, Uruguay is seventh and Portugal is eighth. So it's a pretty close mm-hmm. match. Ah, close match. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and actually, the this will probably be the juiciest of all the games going on. Actually, um, really more than the game that's happening earlier that day, France Argentina. To you, even so it's a tough one. Um, I think Argentina will struggle with that. We'll we'll, we'll we'll come to that in a sec. Uruguay Portugal. Yeah, um, Cristiano Ronaldo is a he carries a Portugal team on his shoulders, and he's a. Um, an incredible athlete. He gets better with age, and his performances, he, his will—you know—the game bows his will. Uruguay 
conversely have one of the most the strongest defence. It's made up of the two centre backs who both play for Atletico Madrid, who are hard, they're uncompromising, they've conceded very few goals. And the Urugu- and the Uruguayans are renowned for their tough tackling as well. Um, it's going to be a really interesting game. Portugal surprisingly won the European Championships in 2016, as we said, but their team hasn't necessarily got better. So it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I, to me, I have Port Uruguay just, just, just edging this one. I think you're, uh, the the stat people have Portugal as a slight favorite. I think the betting odds have Uruguay as a slight, slight favorite. Uruguay is the only team not to allow a goal: five goals for, zero goals against so far. Yeah. I mean, incredible. Except when you look at it, they played you know two of the four worst teams in the tournament, and Russia. That's not good either. But it is still a very impressive. Achievement. It's very impressive, but also at, at the cave. What's your prediction for this game? Oh, Uruguay for sure. Uh, Portugal's defense was oh, shambolic right. against uh, against Spain. They they were lucky that Ronaldo had three goals. One of them was sort of a fluky penalty. One was you know a goal that one guy on earth can score. Uh, he still he is still on the team, and then and then one was from from play. Also, Portugal against Iran. They, they were given the runaround by Iran, who have, who were, who had no chance going into this tournament. And I I predicted that before the game. I said I ran my beat Portugal. I mean, Portugal's not a great team. Uh, and Iran had in a tremendous chance right at the end after the penalty oh, yeah. to tie it, like a minute later. Exactly, exactly. And and, and with the VAR, if that would have gone yeah. the other way, the Portuguese yeah. <laughs> would have gone insane. So you know, it, it was it's it's not as not as clear cut as that. And I, that's why I've got Uruguay's slight favorites. Yeah, we both have Uruguay there. Simon, was Ronaldo's performance in the opening game against Spain the best individual performance you've seen in a World Cup in a single match? I mean, before I, you know, before I was, you know, when I was a kid, Diego Maradona playing against England in 1986. When he, what about like close against yeah. Saudi Arabia? He had five goals. Yeah, but that wasn't a great performance. <laughs> yeah. That was incredible. I think there was a, a, an element of, of luck to some of the goals. But, you know, he, he makes his own luck, as you know, Gary Player says. You know, there's no one who practices as much as him. Now, I, I, I was watching Ronaldo play for United when he was 19 years old. And he, uh, he was, I would go there early just to watch him warm up. It's quite incredible to see. Do you still have a place in your heart for him because he, he was on your yeah, team yeah. a bunch of years ago? He's, because I, 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 our, our Ronaldo on my favorite team, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I will have no place in my heart for him when he leaves our team this weekend. I will, I will wish for only, only the worst things for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's, he's thought of very, very fondly. Well, did, did Ronaldo promise he would never set foot in the Manchester uh, training room ever again? One sec, one sec, I've just got it. One sec, one sec, bear with me. Uruguay and Portugal, our guest, this was the only thing we discussed with him before he left. Uh, well, we discussed a lot he had them but at, of the 16 matchups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, only, the only part of the bracket. So he had them at 7 and 8. About, I have them in the same range. They're, these are two average teams left. Portugal got sliced in half by the Spanish uh, attack. They allowed three goals. They happened to score three goals, but you know, you're not going to get a penalty, uh, well, you know, sort of a, a touchy call. Uh, like Ronaldo got, or his miracle goal that even Ronaldo's not going to score there every game. So they're going to have to score goals. Uruguay allowed zero goals. They're the only team so far to have not allowed a goal, even though obviously they've played very weak competition. I like Uruguay in this matchup uh, in regular time, uh, 1-0. 1-0? You're giving us scores even. Well, I might not give every score, but I I like Uruguay to uh, beat Portugal. So Ronaldo goes out with no goal in the... uh... In the uh, no goal, stage. and and he still had a good World Cup because he was so great yeah, against Spain. No, I, it won't true. it won't be a knock against. Um, and then I think France Argentina, where the winner of which will play Uruguay or Portugal, um, is probably the highest profile. Like internationally, it is maybe in America, Brazil, Mexico is bigger because Mexico. Is such I mean, a, you it know, could be. Get, get, I don't know. It could be England, Colombia. 
Yeah, it, or, it's funny because when the United States is in the World Cup, England is really not even a second-tier team. Like, it's the U.S. and Mexico gets, you know, better ratings in America than the United States. Um, but England has sort of become the national team more than Mexico for this tournament. They, it's, they've been a really big deal. You know, by the way... Part, you, partially because they're a lot better than, than in previous tournaments. You know what's tournament. a real underrated uh, uh, goal announcement is when the announcer, who's clearly rooting for Mexico, announces the goal for the other team... Because yeah. he does the goal and then pause and then re yeah. goal, but but it's with a sad inflection, which is it's hard to describe. Yeah. Uh, it's true, but they do respect the other team because yeah, oh no, yeah, and like they, the Hawk Harrelson style would be like that's yeah, a goal. no, but they but give it the, the full goal. Crazy. And, I, and I'm referring to during yeah. the Mexico Sweden game how Sweden starts piling on these goals in the second half, and he's rocking out the goal. Um, now, of course, when South Korea scored a goal, he uh, even though it was in the other game, he uh, dropped a beautiful goal. But yeah. Also. By the way, I've complained yes. about this online and I've complained about it to you, but it is insane to me that, uh, f- you know, I've been watching all these games either on the Fox Sports website or on the Fox Sports app on my phone, and it is insane to me mm-hmm. that you can choose one or the other game, but there's no way to watch both yeah. simultaneously. Well, I watch both simultaneously. Uh, web, you can just open up different browsers. Well, what I've been doing is, so I, I've been watching, be I've been actually, yeah, I've been watching one on my phone and one on my computer is what I've been doing. You could also do Reddit soccer streams and then and then just watch yeah, but it the just it's a, but how can they how can the app not have this like option when it's crazy when, they, yeah, when yeah. the and this the is their first purpose, World Cup, but it's crazy. The whole purpose of Match Day Three, the games being at the same time, is because they they affect yeah. each other. I I agree with what you're saying, and I think uh, first of all, I was surprised I was able to watch both games at once. I did. I thought I would have to switch back and forth, but I had two different uh, browsers open, two different tabs open on my browser, and I, I split the screen myself, uh, and and I was able to watch. Uh, France Argentina. I, I Argentina is wildly overrated. They were exposed. They've moved. They, they're actually still uh, the fifth favorite in the tournament. They're about fifteen to fourteen to one. Uruguay is the sixth. Portugal is the eighth. Going back to the last game, but France is third, only behind. Actually, sorry. Uh, move all those numbers up too. I was uh, I was missing Brazil and Spain on my screen, so Argentina's fallen down to uh, seventh, Uruguay's eighth, Portugal's tenth. Uh, France is the fifth favorite behind Belgium and England, but still at about seven to one, or eight to one in most places. Uh, I think France, who was my winner pick before the tournament, is go- is going to beat Argentina. I have them France two, Argentina nil. So my quarterfinal is I have France and and Uruguay. All right, in my top, I'm, I'm going to pick Portugal. Actually, uh, I think Ronaldo. If uh, look, Uruguay is also a team. Obviously, they have a good defense, but uh, I think that Ronaldo can do something magical uh, more likely than Suarez can. And uh, I'm going to pick Portugal, but I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. All right, uh, Brazil against Mexico. This is a great match. Well, hold on. You didn't pick. You didn't predict France and Argentina. Oh, if you're well, making France is going to win. Honestly, Messi's team looks like complete garbage. No, they're, Argentina's they're trash. I, I don't know why Mascherano gets to like yell at everyone in the press when he's the worst player on the well, team. Well, I mean, it makes but, no but, sense but, to me. but I think that Argentina needs or Messi needs more credit for dragging this team as far as he has in the last couple of international tournaments, right? I mean, he doesn't drag them that far, but I guess in the last. What do you mean World they went Cup, to the yeah. finals of the World Cup? No, no, no for sure. Yeah, no, this team, but that team was good then. That team had guys playing. Well, they were better like than this clubs. team, but they weren't. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah. weren't one of the best two or three teams in the world. Yeah, and the yeah. and the coach has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. and the players are very aware. Yeah. Of that. Uh, Brazil, right. Mexico. We sort of knew this game would happen before the World Cup. Mexico obviously took a really circuitous route to be at the sort of the 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 two the two seed of the F group. You know, they they beat Germany. Listen, Germany, even though they got knocked out, is as tough a team to play as the Brazil team they're going to face. They're not going to be scared. That's for sure. Even though they just got hammered by Sweden. But uh, Brazil has been the most boring sort of quiet team in the whole tournament, and I, I think they're going to win this game. I have Brazil two to one over Mexico. Well, I think I heard somewhere Brazil's only given up four goals in their last like twelve games or some insane thing like that. 
Listen, Brazil curb stomped Comable qualifying, which is impossible. Like they beat all these like teams that are going to win, you know, be in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. They they trounce all these teams. They they still have that haven't lost streak. They they drew a really good Switzerland team. They they pretty easily beat Serbia and Costa Rica. Uh, you know, Costa Rica was in the last quarterfinals. Uh, Serbia is like a, a Euro team. You don't usually beat them by multiple goals. I, I Brazil is, is a good team that is now underrated. I mean, they're the favorite, so they're not underrated. They're a three to one. Spain is right behind them in most places, three and a half. Some places, four to one. Uh, mostly because of the elite of the five elite teams, only four of them are left. They're the ones that haven't really shown a flaw. Spain, new coach, and and had a, a horrendous first game. Um, Argentina is embarrassing; has been embarrassing the whole tournament. And France had two terrible games, the least watchable game of the tournament in their third game, and you know, just barely sh- should have beat Australia in game one. So Brazil is sort of the last man standing of teams that have not yet looked incompetent, other than the secondary European teams. Like Belgium, and Croatia, who have looked incredibly competent, but for whatever reason, the odds makers aren't really respecting them yet. Yeah, and by the way, I, I realize I probably should have uh, I should do a ranking again of uh, sort of my rooting interests. Of yeah, these final just 16. give us your number one or number two rooting interest for this for this final sixteen. Well, number most one of is, our rooting interests, like Nigeria, nice. Well, number number yeah, number one is clearly England, who I said I've always rooted for. And uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I'm actually predicting England to win the World Cup. Wow. Yeah, you shouldn't have spoiled that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, Belgium is going to annihilate Japan. Well, I also, no I, I also just filled out the bracket stage of our of our pool, and I, I need to make mm-hmm. up some ground. So if England wins, I'm uh, going to take home that money, but probably not going to. <laughs> uh, Bel- Belgium, uh, Japan is by far the worst, the 16th best team out of these 16 teams. Yeah. Uh, they have no business being there. They got to play a 10-man Columbia team. They were embarrassingly bad today against Poland. They didn't even try and win a game that they might have had to win, if not for the Columbia goal in the 74th minute. Uh, and then they had a, a sort of uninspiring drug in Senegal. So they really have done nothing to get here. They're the only Asian team left. The only non-Euro South American teams left are Mexico and Japan. Uh, in theory, they could play in the quarterfinals, but they won't because they're both going to lose. So that's going to be Brazil-Belgium, a blockbuster game between the two Bs uh, in, uh, on July 6th in Kazan. Uh, bottom half of the bracket, Spain is going to beat Russia. Ru- listen, Russia's a live dog because they're at home. They're going to get every call. They're going to have the crowd firmly on their side. There aren't going to be a lot of Spain fans in, you know, allowed in that building in Luzhniki. I think uh, I, I, Spain is has sort of underwhelmed. Their their defense is definitely susceptible to giving up goals. Diego Costa's looked really good. I think Spain wins this game two 0 though. And by the way, these and are Russia the two just teams so bad against these the are the two And teams, I know they didn't have their best player, but yeah, these are the two teams I hate the most of the remaining teams in the tournament. Uh, Spain. Wow. I mean, what a wide open bracket for Spain, who you know really underwhelmed yeah. in the group stage. Uh, uh, but you know they, they have a real chance here, and and also frankly I'm rooting for them because Russia's worse, and then you know Croatia yeah. and Denmark are two of the teams I like the least also. So there's really nobody. All the rooting teams I'm at, although that's not true. England and Colombia are two of England's my favorite team. Colombia's probably my third favorite team of the teams remaining. So unfortunately, one of them has yeah. to go home early. But um, and I didn't say this, but Mexico's the team I'm rooting for the most on the on the left half of the bracket. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Croatia, Croatia, Denmark. Denmark. Croatia. By the way, really seven really of the. Amazing. Seven of the eight teams on the bottom half or the right half, no matter how you're, depending on how you're looking at it, are Euros only. Colombia is not a Euro team. Uh, so this is a weird matchup, right? Denmark-Croatia is like, this would be like the type of game that's the winner gets to go to the World Cup. Uh, you know, they each finish second in their qualifying group, that sort of thing. Except the winner here is getting to the quarterfinals. Croatia has, it, it definitely is capable of winning this tournament. They, the, way, the way they've looked, 
so far with Modric and the Ivans. They are super dangerous. They're going to beat Denmark. Denmark didn't really... They played that horrible draw against, against France. They really didn't show me too much. They had a fluke win against Peru. The manager after... Uh, I, I forget if it was... France or Denmark's manager after uh, the France-Denmark nil-nil game said Peru was basically the best team in this group. Like, they were super unlucky not to advance. Peru would have been, you know, probably given Croatia more of a game here. This game could be, like, an absolutely dull 0-0 game, at which point, I, at which point either team could easily win in, you know, the like 118th minute or in, or in penalties. But it, to me, Croatia is going to win. Uh, and then the winner of, of that on. game plays. In- I, I have yeah. a, a quick quiz for you. As a as a geography nerd, a one time national uh, geography bee contestant. Yeah, yeah. I have a question for you. What is the fewest number of countries? That, I mean, obviously it's between these two teams in the World Cup. But what is the fewest number of countries that you could travel that you would have to cross to get from Croatia to uh, Denmark by land? Oh, I have no idea. You want to guess? Three. three. Okay, three. Okay, and what are those countries? I have no idea. You tell me, geography. I mean, well, one of one of them should be obvious. Russia. If you know where, if you know where Denmark is, which you do not, obviously, no. I, I mean, I know it's in Scandinavia. I know, but like, I don't know the whole. I don't have the map of Europe in my head. Okay, uh, apparently you don't. Uh, yeah, the answer is uh, Germany and Austria and Slovenia. All right, I've been in all those countries. You have. Sure. And I still didn't know. Still didn't know. Okay, what were you doing in Slovenia? Um, I believe when we were at, when we were driving in Germany uh, or Austria at some point on the Pearl Dram trip, we we went we did a pit stop in Slovenia. I think so. Maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm making that up though. We definitely met a lot of Slovenian people on the trip. Okay, uh, we're gonna play one more game. This is Mad Libs. I'm on the Wikipedia page. I'm on the Wikipedia page for Croatia Denmark relations. Okay. Yeah. Relations yeah. between the two countries are described as blank. Blank and blank. Tell me if you can get any of those three okay. words. Hostile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cold. Warring. Oh, Colder. Right, friendly. Best friends. BFFs. Okay, you got friendly. That's good. It's excellent, yeah. friendly, and well developed. Like a uh, ah, these are two. These countries well, are like friendly. a they mature woman's bosom. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that. Just which is. which of our eight matchups are countries <laughs> that don't really like each other? I don't see any countries offhand like the france and argentina have some long-standing beef maybe i don't think so because you know spain I mean, and russia maybe are they on the same page they might not be on the same page well who's on the same page with russia other than america these days so yeah not a lot of countries sweden so, and yeah, switzerland you know they like they're to be, uh, they're, they're thick as thieves i'm sure i'm sure they love each other they love to be neutral in europe um that's a good question we don't really have any warring sides necessarily yeah, maybe we'll get but, to the quarterfinals. We'll get some yeah. warnings. Well, listen, the United States gets – that's why when we're usually in the round of 16, whoever we play, we've had a war with. <laughs> um, so, all right, and so is England, I think, ultimately also. All right, so Sweden against England, Switzerland. Colombia. This, to me, is the most blah matchup in this round. Well, Croatia-Denmark, but Croatia's been so exciting. Yeah, but these are two – you could make a case that this is the 14th versus the 15th best team. You know, factoring mm. in Russia's home field advantage – Maybe you could say Denmark, Denmark. Is, is worse than them. Yeah, but in terms in terms of straight odds, Switzerland is is fourteenth. Uh, Switzerland is eleventh. I do like Switzerland. I like them to win this game. It's going to be zero zero for one hundred twenty minutes. It's going to be unwatchable. Yeah, Switzerland wins on penalty kicks. Although to be fair, Switzerland has been a little better to watch than I would have expected. Yeah, no, they were came into the tournament as one of the more boring teams, the really yeah. counterattack defensive team. But it's true. Shakiri's been really exciting. 
Um, I, 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 you know, they've had some interesting controversy also with the Albanian thing. I don't know if you followed that, but uh, when they when they scored against Serbia and their two Albanian players did like the Albanian freedom thing and and like it, people got mad and they were supposed yeah. to, like people thought they would get suspended for for a couple of games, but they did not. Don't you remember um, was that uh, one uh, was that four years ago or eight years ago when uh, one of the African players lifted his shirt to show an Israeli shirt because he played for a uh, national uh, you know a club team in Israel and then there was like backlash against him for that. No, I don't remember. Do you remember that? Yeah, but you're not supposed to make any sort of statement like that at the World yeah. Cup. But they're usually toothless about doing anything about it. Yeah. And then Colombia, England, one definitely one of the better games. Colombia, yeah. you take out that first game, which you really can't count because they and it's crazy because people ten men the whole game wrote them off, even though their group was not that strong. Uh, obviously. Well, because they knew you knew that they they needed to win both games the way it was structured. You kind of knew they needed to win both games. Well, I don't think and anybody knew Poland time, was going to be such a fraud. Right at the time, even though Poland did lose two one. In the, to Senegal in the first game, they thought Poland would be a tough matchup. Like, you know, Poland scored a lot of goals. Amazingly, Poland only scored two goals in the whole tournament when they I averaged. Think you, I think you, you know, tweeted at me, or not at me, but tweeted at the whole internet. You said something like, uh, Colombia's tournament ended three minutes into the, uh, into the tournament. I probably said that because, they they need, the again, they, yeah. they needed to win two games. They, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they easily beat Poland, but they were still, you know, looking uh, basically just to qualify because who thought Japan would lose to Poland? Japan had a great strategy, which was not to touch, not to. Well, like, I mean, Pol- let the Poland ball. would have been favored coming into the tournament. Clearly, Japan was the weakest team in that group. The only thing I missed, because I'm leading our entire pool of fifty-something people. The only thing, other than Germany, which every single person in the group missed, I had Poland winning that group and Colombia second. My those were all my only three misses in the whole tournament. I I, I nailed fourteen out of the sixteen teams. I just had Colombia in the wrong. That's spot. pretty good. By the way, uh, can we go back to Croatia Denmark relations for one second? One more uh, fill in the blank for you. On October okay. 21, 2014, Queen Margaret II awarded Croatian President Ivo Josipovic with Order mm. of the Blank, the highest order of Denmark. Now Phoenix, it's an baby. Phoenix. It is not the Phoenix. It is a larger animal. Would you like to guess again? Uh, elephant. That's, oh, there we go. Order of the Elephant. The Elephant wow. Tordenin. I was joking. Like That's almost like... Uh, it is Denmark's highest ranked honor. Wow. Shout out to the Danes. Yeah. Can you, if you can name me a single other recipient of the, uh, a, a single other Knight of the Elephant, I will. And you've heard of some of these guys. So Denmark is giving out awards. Um, Kenneth Carlson, the tennis player. I really don't know a lot of De- Denmark, Danish people. No, it looks like they're giving it all to uh, foreign dignitaries, other, kings and queens of other oh, countries. Yeah. King Harold. I don't even know what country he's the king of. I know there's, there's no king, king like Harold, Gust- is there? Gu- there was, I'm sure, a King Harold at some point. King um, Gustav. They gave one to Hosni Mubarak in 1986. I'm not sure what he did to, or, to uh, deserve that. Anyway, uh, Colombia, England. I, 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 this is going to be a really hard game. England should have lost so they could play. I mean, should, they should have tried to win so they could play Japan and then maybe try and upset Brazil, who's not that much better than with Switzerland. And I apologize if you end up hearing our other talk where we mentioned this briefly. Um, but I have... Uh, I have England beating Colombia, but it's going to be really tough. Colombia is a very good team. Now, James did leave this game with an injury. There's a good chance he will either be inactive or ineffective. It's these teams have a really tough time resting their stars. Like Neymar clearly wasn't 100 percent, shouldn't have been playing. It's very hard for these teams to. Well, leave England the guys and Belgium out. did not have that problem today. No, they had no yeah. problem resting their stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have England winning. Harry Kane scores twice. England wins two one on a, a last minute goal. Okay, now my question is, are we going to do the quarterfinals now, or we will be recording a podcast before then? No, let's do them now. Let's run through them quickly. 
No, because we're going to discuss it next week. So that's stupid. No, also, no, we're not. These games are before our next podcast, technically. No, and we don't no, need the quarter, eight the podcasts. The quarterfinals start next Friday, eight days from now. We don't need to. We don't need to do eight soccer podcasts during the NFL playoffs. We uh, discuss the NFL every week. Yeah, because we're a football <laughs> podcast. The idiot. Yeah, and this is football, idiot. Oh, <laughs> I led you right into that one. Yeah. And listen, this podcast, which has been going on for who knows how long, is actually, um, you know, we actually do have. Uh, the part with Simon. So this will be long in a podcast. So let's wrap it up now. Okay. Uh, can we just so your winner pick is England over who? Just give us give us your winner pick. I have England over Belgium. Yeah, I I have I'm gonna go with and I may I I think it's a little different on on our bracket because I'm picking more strategically on our bracket. I I I like Belgium, but I have France beating them in the semis. And I'm going to have Croatia beating England, and I have Croatia beating France in the World Cup final, and Croatia winning the World Cup. So I have Croatia, France being my uh, third place game because I have them both in the semis, where I have them losing to England right. and Belgium. So oh, so we have the same four. That's wild. We have the same four semifinal teams. That's interesting. Oh, that is so. Oh, so we both have Brazil going out. Interesting. We both have Spain going yeah, out to both... Croatia. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to come in last place in our pool. But it's going to totally yeah, Spain. <laughs> it, totally, Spain is going to win this thing. It's going to be annoying again. But yeah. all right. No, I definitely don't want to see Spain. Yeah. Okay, Keith. I will talk to you sometime. Goodbye. Bye. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.